welcome to the very first episode of the Veggies Abroad Vegan Travel Podcast with the chief veggie pusher, myself, Rebecca Gady-Swicky. Some of you may already be familiar with Veggies Abroad, but for those of you who aren't, we're a full-service vegan travel company that offers custom planning services, small group trips, and even a helpful blog chock full of just about everything a vegan or veg-curious traveler could possibly need to plan an adventure. And now I've added to that veggie pack list this podcast. You might be thinking, why in the world do you need a podcast as well? I've thought this question many times before hitting the record button, but there is reason behind my madness. I've launched this podcast for a couple of reasons. First, there are so many amazing people and companies in the travel space that are doing really awesome work, but they're struggling to get out of the fray of algorithms and noise. I want to give them a megaphone to garner more attention to keep going. We need more people in this world building businesses that care, and I don't want them to quit. And in addition to this, I want these places to also take listeners behind the scenes of what it's really like to run a vegan or vegan-friendly or eco-friendly business. Prior to starting Veggies Abroad, I had no idea. I mean, zero, zip, zilch idea of how difficult it was to run a business and all of the craziness that comes with it. It's my guess that most people also don't realize just how crazy it is as well. So through these honest conversations, I hope to inspire a little extra kindness and support for what these ethical entrepreneurs are trying to build. Second, I want to help you. Yes, you. I have had a ton of conversations with just about every type of traveler, and many of you have a variety of concerns over being a responsible traveler, finding food options, traveling with non-vegans, and the list goes on and on and on. And we're going to get to all of those and more. Lastly, I want to inspire you to use your travel as a form of activism. No matter how near or far you go, you have the opportunity to plant seeds and affect change. Don't ever forget it. Now that we've gotten through all of that, let's dive into our first episode topic, essential vegan travel tips to plan an epic adventure in 2024. Seems pretty fitting for the beginning of the year and kicking off this podcast, right? I mean, I think so. I think this is a terrific topic no matter if you're a seasoned traveler with numerous adventures under your belt or embarking on your very first vegan journey. I'll delve into common challenges and offer solutions to overcome them, which will give you more time to ponder how many vegan cake spots you can visit or maybe healthy spots, you know, whatever you fancy. That's totally up to you what you decide that you want to use your time to do. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's get into it. To start, I want to kind of kick off with a question that I get asked quite a bit from vegan travelers, vegetarian travelers, and also non-vegans as well. And that is, is it hard to travel as a vegan? Honestly, I don't think so. I think what you have to remember is why you're vegan whenever you go somewhere. And that passion behind why you're doing this and why you want to be a part of this lifestyle, I think then filters out all of the noise that can sometimes come with travel. The noise of you know being left out because the vegan option was kind of crappy, or maybe you there wasn't a vegan donut option at the place that everybody went to. You know those kinds of things. You have to always remember why you're doing this and why it's important, and then the rest kind of doesn't matter. But 
on the flip side of that, things have really changed over the last even just five years. Every year, things just seem to get better and better and easier and easier. And nowadays, I think, you know, it's almost more fun to travel as a vegan because it takes you off the beaten path. It takes you to find new places that maybe you wouldn't have gone. It takes you outside of tourist haunts. And then sometimes you end up meeting people and learning their stories behind why they're doing some of these things that just adds to the richness of your experience in this destination. I also think, you know, with time, things just are going to keep getting easier and easier. I think back, say, let's say like eight or so years ago, I used to travel with quite a bit of food. Like now kind of an embarrassing amount of food. I had a full travel like snack bag that I would prepare. And if I was traveling with my husband, Matt, uh, we would break it up between suitcases because TSA would always stop us. And we'd try and like make it to a smaller amount so that it wouldn't be flagged by TSA, but it never changed. Every time I always ended up having to take it out. Um, but that conversation that I would have with TSA sometimes would be a um, would be a moment of unexpected activism because then they would be asking me questions like, "Oh, are you gluten free? Are you vegan? Why do you travel with so much food?" And you know, sometimes these small conversations we don't think much of, but they are those little seeds that we plant to, for someone to think about at a later moment. Um, but nowadays, you know, the snack bag I have not brought out. I actually very rarely travel with very much food. Like I'll grab a couple of macro bars, but that is about the extent of it now. And there's been a few times that I thought, oh, maybe I should bring more food. But honestly, I don't really ever go through it. It's just not necessary when options have become as awesome as they are in so many places. I mean, of course, there are places where you have to work harder. And I think traveling as a vegan requires more research than if you're a non-vegan. And sometimes that research is because you just don't want to miss out on some of the really great spots and just stick with like the very basic boring spots that you could just get anywhere. Um, I mean, and then with that, I think it is a really fabulous experience to travel as a vegan. And now that I've traveled with some non-vegans recently, seeing their expression over things, I think adds to that as well. And further confirms that traveling as a vegan is just better. My opinion, but I think I'm right. Anyway. Okay. So moving on. So now that we've tackled if it's difficult, the overarching kind of thought when we're talking about tips and traveling as a vegan. Let's move into some of the pitfalls of traveling as a vegan because it's really, I think it's really good to know what the challenges could possibly be before you get into it. Because if you know what the problems could be or the pitfalls, then you can avoid making them, right? And that's more than half the battle. So my first pitfall is not doing research and also making assumptions. If you go into something completely blind, you have a really good chance that it could be really awful or maybe it could be good, but I'm probably going to err more on the awful side or disappointing. Maybe awful is too strong of a word. And because if you just go into something blind and you think that you're going to walk down the street and find the most amazing meal, that's probably not going to happen. And then there's also making assumptions that a place could be vegan friendly or that, 
you know, of course this restaurant that you go to is going to have vegan options. I feel like at this point and most of our vegan journeys, unless you're a complete newbie right off the, the vegan truck, you shouldn't make assumptions about anything. Don't ever assume that a place is going to cater to you or that, you know, a place is going to be friendly in one way or the other. Always do your research before you go. Second, having unrealistic expectations and not being flexible. If you're just dead set that you're going to have a certain type of experience and that you're not willing to move one way or the other from that, I think either you should be very careful with where you travel or stay home. I'm not even going to mince words on that. Part of the travel experience is being flexible, being open to new experiences, being willing to, you know, sometimes just have French fries or grabbing an extra macro bar or whatever the heck it is, because you're just in a situation that's not super vegan friendly at the moment, that the options just aren't great. But then you would at that moment, then focus on the experience, the you know, the place you're at. Remember that in this moment, you might not ever be in this place at this, you might not ever be at this place ever again in your life. And so maybe you should soak in that instead of being really stuck on the fact that, you know, there isn't some, you know, coursed vegan dinner option for you. Next, thinking everyone will speak English. If you're traveling abroad, this is a really important thing to keep in mind. Now, there are a lot of destinations that most places, you know, are bilingual and have great English speaking skills. But then there are also the flip side of that where people don't have very good English speaking skills. So don't ever just assume that everybody's going to understand you. There are definite ways around that and we'll talk about that next. But that can be a major problem for people when they go somewhere and they're like, well, I just assumed that everybody was going to like speak English or understand what I meant about vegan or, you know, understand when I said no cheese. Don't ever assume that that is, you know, going to be on your travel menu for you. Lastly, um, and this is one of my favorites, uh, relying on old experience or advice or taking the, uh, taking advice that really the person has no idea or is not connected to like veganism or n- understands any of that in any way, shape, or form. And so this is like, I'll have people that will come to me and they'll say, well, my neighbor went there five years ago and it wasn't vegan friendly. Or my mom said X about this place and their parent mom is not vegan. Or, you know, 10 years ago, X, Y, Z happened. And so I think that's why it wouldn't be vegan friendly. Places change and places change rapidly. I mean, I think all of that, all of us have witnessed that from the COVID pandemic that that has caused, you know, some places that were really vegan friendly to become less so. And that's also opened up, you know, the opportunity for other places to come onto the scene. So it's really important to be up to date with your research, to look at what's going on right this minute. And, you know, talk to people who have been somewhere recently or who are experts or have lived there and have better, you know, knowledge than just your random friend who 
maybe went there once for two hours and now thinks that they know everything about it. That can lead to the ultimate disappointment. So now that we know some of the travel pitfalls, you'll want to know how do you stay out of the pits. Number one, and this might be my favorite of them, although I do really like all of them, but I feel like this one kind of sets the tone for everything and really sets the tone for your trip. And this is to make a plan and know your priorities. When I say know your priorities, I mean you need to know what kind of a trip, what are your expectations for this trip that you want to have. If you're a foodie and food is super important to you, then you need to make sure that you pick a destination that reflects that. On the flip side of that, if you're really into nature and hiking and outdoors and wildlife, then you need to make sure that that's the priority when you're choosing your destination. You know, the problem becomes when someone, you know, is really driven by food and wants to um, have a diverse experience and go to eight different cake places and go to a Michelin star restaurant and have pancakes every morning and they choose, you know, a destination that's very rural or not very vegan friendly, then you're really setting yourself up for the ultimate disappointment. You know, so for those people, I'd tell you, you know, pick a really major city like London or LA or New York City that have a really diverse and amazing dining scene so that you're not going to be disappointed and you're going to have a really great time and then you can balance all of your other activities around it. You know, for because on the other side of that, if you chose a destination like, let's say, Michigan's Upper Peninsula, you're going to be sad. You're going to have probably an absolutely terrible experience. You're going to be hungry. You're going to be grouchy. And if you're traveling with other people, they're probably going to want to kick you right out of the vehicle so they don't have to listen to you gripe anymore. I mean, the same thing goes too. Like if nature is your priority, don't pick a city and you're willing to be more flexible with food, then you know, you know that going into that. And then that feeds into your plan. So when I make a plan when I'm traveling, I literally go through and I make a you know a full itinerary um, in a Google Doc. And so I'll outline multiple days uh, after doing my research and finding different restaurants and shops and stores and markets that I want to visit. And then I'll map out like day by day where I kind of want to hit and I'll highlight restaurants that are a priority for me to visit. And I'll make notes about them as well too, about what I really want to try there and you know what maybe I need to make reservations for. And so this way I have a pl- I know my priorities going into it. I have a plan and this is going to decrease the, you know, sadness I might feel leaving someplace and thinking, oh, man, I missed that place or I didn't, you know, get to go there because I didn't know. Like you've gone into it with a full-on agenda. You know what you're going to do. This leaves little chance for, you know, being disappointed by having a really poor experience. And then this works really well with tip number two. You've got to make Google Maps your absolute best friend. I love Google Maps. I honestly, I do not know what I did before Google Maps. 
I absolutely was not getting out a giant paper map. Um, I just, I can't even fathom the days prior to Google Maps at this point in my life. So Google Maps has a really great functionality where you can save things. And they have three different ways you can flag stuff with a star, with a green flag, or with a pink heart. So I will use the star to note places that are really important that I'll probably have to come back to multiple times, like my hotel the airport, train stations, like um, very key landmarks for your itinerary. And then the hearts I use to highlight vegan restaurants, vegan uh, bakeries, shops, places like that. And then the flags I use to highlight sites. And so then once I save everything on there, I can visually see how the city is laid out, where things are in relationship to other places. This also helps influence my plan because then when I'm creating like a day-by-day itinerary, I know that if I'm going to this museum, that these restaurants and places are near it. So that makes sense to then go here for breakfast and then go to this place, um, you know, to see whatever, and then maybe go to this place for lunch kind of thing. Um, It also helps too that like when you're finding places, you can see like, is it in a realistic, um, is it realistic for your itinerary? So sometimes like if I'm finding places, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this place is amazing. Like I've got to check it out. But then I look at the map and it's 10 miles outside of town. If I'm only going to be in a place for a short period of time, I'm probably not going to have a chance to make it that far out of town. So then that's really good to know. And so you don't then like go and make a reservation at the place or buy tickets or whatever it is and then end up really disappointed because you wasted five hours to get there. Number three, join local Facebook groups. Facebook drives me absolutely up the wall for so many reasons, but the group functionality is really fantastic. Around the world... Locals have created a variety of different vegan groups from, you know, LA to more smaller towns. You will find, you know, a variety of different vegan groups. Literally just search for like vegan Detroit, vegan New York City, vegan London, vegan Berlin, and stuff will pop up. And then within these groups, go through and scan the feed, see what people are talking about. Check out the places they're recommending, the photos they're posting, if it's an English speaking group, ask questions. Ask, you know, what's their favorite bakery or are there shops? Are there markets? Are there pop ups? Are there events? You know, ask all of these questions because these people are a really great resource for this. I did this once when I was in Las Vegas because I was trying to narrow down the number of places or I had a very short period of time left. Then I could only target so many places and the list actually of um, vegan restaurants in Las Vegas is pretty extensive. I was actually incredibly surprised. And so I went into the Las Vegas vegan group and was like, if you only could go to one place, where would you go? And that elicited a huge response from people. And that really helped me narrow down, like, where was I going to go for lunch and dinner? And actually, it turned out like the place that I ended up going were not places that I was necessarily prioritizing, but I'm so glad that I asked because I had a fantastic experience. Uh, Number four, consider your accommodations. Nowadays, vegan hotels are popping up around the globe. That's still a micro part of the travel industry, 
but they're there or very vegan friendly ones. And so this could really add to your experience if you're able to stay at one of these places to really, you know, make for a really amazing time to wake up and be lavished with an awesome vegan breakfast or, you know, whatever it is that they have. Um, but the, on the other side of that too, you know, say you have another type of, of you know, food allergy or sensitivity or gluten-free, soy-free, maybe you need a kitchen. So, you know, consider checking if the hotel has a small kitchenette that you're looking at. And so your accommodations can really play a, you know, a really pivotal, pivotal role in your entire trip planning process. And honestly, if you haven't had the opportunity to stay at a vegan hotel, I a thousand percent recommend it. It is just, it is so nice. It will elevate any itinerary by 10. I promise you. Number five, be chatty. So what I mean by this is that when you're in a vegan shop, you're at a vegan or vegetarian restaurant, talk to the staff, ask them, you know, where do you like to go? What do you like to eat? What are your favorite places? This can also just like the Facebook group add to your experience and open you up to things that you might not have done. I was in Brighton, which is a really fantastic um, city in the south of England. That's about an hour from London. And I was having dinner somewhere and I was trying to narrow down some of the places that I was visiting. But I was also just curious, like, what do locals love? So I asked my server and she was like, okay, so tomorrow's Sunday and there's this place that you have to go for our, you know, like Sunday roast. They do an amazing job, but the kicker is that it's incredibly popular and getting a reservation there is super hard. So I was like, okay, this has got to become my mission now to try and get to this place. So I got there early and I just sweet talked my way into getting a seat at the bar so that I could um, enjoy this dinner. And I'm so glad I did uh, because it was it was memorable. It was probably one of my favorite parts of, or one of my favorite dining parts of my visit to Brighton. And I wouldn't have gone. I actually, it was not a priority stop for me because it was a little bit out of the way. I didn't have easy access uh, to their menu or there was issues with their website. So I was like, forget it. Like, I'm not going to work extra hard to figure out if this place is worth it. But because this person told me, yes, indeed, it is worth it. I made it happen. And I'm so, I'm so glad I did. And then lastly, um, get the Google Translate app if it's not already on your phone and also learn a little bit of the language before you go. So the first part of this with the Google Translate app, this app is fantastic. And honestly, I've just recently started using it. I wish that I had known about its its existence or maybe it didn't exist for all that long. I'm not sure. Um, previously, because it's game-changing. So the app works in two different ways. The first is when you open it up, you can write like simple sentences and then it will translate it into whatever language that you need. So I think it's really important. You can write as much as you want. You could put a thesis in the thing, but I would heavily avoid doing that because I think you'll just cause more confusion in the translation and the person's going to be like, I didn't understand you in English and I don't understand you in this weird translation either. So keep your questions or your statements or whatever you're putting into the app simple. You know, think, you know, basic English, don't use slang, that type of thing so that it translates easier. 
And then on the full other side of this, there's two parts to the app. So you could do the simple breakdown with the sentences or my favorite part of it is that in the app, you can take a photo of like a package, a sign, ingredients label, and then it will automatically translate it like right on the screen or it can send it um, like for a full breakdown uh, from the language that it started in and then into English as well. And so this is really, really, really helpful in you know grocery stores, restaurants, all different types of places when you're trying to figure out like, is something vegan friendly? I used it countless times in Asia. Um, and it saved me from, you know, getting stuff with cow's milk in it and all kinds of different stuff because, you know, in some languages, like you can kind of decode like, okay, I know what seafood is in Spanish, or I know what meat is in German kind of thing. But you know, other languages, the alphabet is not anywhere close to the alphabet that we're used to. So that makes it really difficult to be able to say, uh, I think that's safe or not safe. And that's where Google Translate comes in to really save the day. So definitely if you're traveling abroad, don't leave home without Google Translate. But then also try and learn some of the language before you go. Learn simple greetings learn thank you learn you know if vegan translates into something different try and learn you know maybe what milk means um you know certain things like that so that you have a basic understanding and also if you just have some basic understanding of greetings that can really help bridge the gap too when you're trying to talk to someone or trying to get someone's attention you know just to be polite uh makes people more willing to want to help you than if you're just like, hey, hey, you, I don't understand this. Can you help me? Like, who wants to help that person that's just like says that? Nobody really wants to. Um, okay. So these are my six tips to stay out of the travel pits. And um, Let me recap them for you one last time. First, make a plan. Know your priorities. Two, use Google Maps. Three, join local Facebook groups before you go. Four, consider your accommodations, possibly book a vegan or vegan-friendly hotel. Five, be chatty with locals. Six, get Google Translate and learn a little bit of the lingo before you go. Okay, now you know all of these. You have an idea of what some of the problems could be, how you get yourself out of them. But some of you might be like, okay, I just want to go somewhere and eat really great food, not worry about it, and just, you know, gorge myself. Where do I go? I've got you. There are, I was going to say a handful, but they're really at this point are more than a handful. But I have a favorite list of places around the globe that have really great vegan scenes with everything from food to hotels to shops to just like everything under the sun. So the first place I'm going to start is the UK. And my top picks are London and Brighton. London, I feel like doesn't really need an explanation. Everyone kind of knows that London is amazing. But for some people, London is just too much. London is a giant city. I lived there for uh, part of a summer. I've also been multiple times. And even with the amount of time I've spent in that city, every time I go, there is always something new. There's always something that I haven't had a chance to do or see. It's just like, it's constant. It's giant. I love that. But I know sometimes that's not for everyone. 
So in that case, if that's not your speed, then I think you will love Brighton. Brighton is a city in the south of the country that I mentioned actually earlier. That's kind of a smaller version of London. It's far more approachable. It's not as large, but it has an amazing vegan scene. There's a vegan market. Um, I visited a wine shop that had mar, um, vegan wine that was marked really well. There are vegan events. There are tons of restaurants. There's just everything in the city that... Uh, Brighton has everything that London has. It's just on a smaller scale. And then moving in further into Europe, uh, Germany is also another favorite destination of mine. And Hamburg and Berlin are two really fantastic cities. And kind of similar to the London and Brighton dynamic, if you feel like Berlin is just too large for you, then you probably will really love Hamburg because Hamburg also is very similarly offers like a vast selection of all kinds of stuff, but just on a smaller scale. So it's a little bit easier to get around. And then in addition to those two, Paris and Amsterdam are also two really great cities. I think Paris is especially really fantastic because everyone, you know, thinks of Paris in a very romantic view, but then thinks, oh, I'm going to miss out on like croissants and pastries and all of those very Parisian French things. But you can do it very easily in Paris. There are multiple vegan patisseries and just amazing places where you don't have to worry that you're not eating cow's butter because these places have perfected the vegan versions of their culinary masterpieces. And so it's just, it's really a fantastic experience in and of itself. And then here in North America, in the US and Canada, uh, of course, New York City, LA, Portland, Vancouver, Toronto, all have really, really, really fantastic options. And then lastly, I think I had mentioned earlier about traveling to Thailand. I just got back from leading our inaugural vegan tour to Thailand with 15 really fantastic people. And we all loved the vegan options in Bangkok and Chiang Mai. And I think one of the really great things about the vegan scenes in Bangkok and Chiang Mai is that they're diverse and pretty plentiful, but also extremely affordable. So if you're really on a budget, I would say move Thailand up on your list because you can save a ton of money on, on food, especially like it's a night and day in comparison to all of the other cities on this list. And um, if you can get a good flight deal, that makes it all the better to want to visit these places. In addition to this, like if you're like mulling about ideas and you're like, oh my gosh, I really need to plan a trip to New York City. All of the cities that I have mentioned thus far, you can find information on my website about. Uh, so you didn't, don't, I hope you didn't take notes. I probably should have warned you. You don't have to take notes uh, because you can go there, search for these cities and a whole slew of stuff will come up for all of them and can help guide your trip planning from like finding vegan hotels to finding where you want to have dinner to, you know, vegan shoe shops and, you know, a variety of other different things you will find there. Um, so definitely if you haven't been to any of these places, prioritize them on your travel list. All right. Well, I can't believe it, but now we're wrapping up our very first episode. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate you taking the time to let me come into your ears and talk about 
travel. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And if you did, please consider subscribing and leaving a a review. It makes all the difference. If you have other tips or, you know, questions, always feel free to please reach out. You can find my contact information on our website. And if you would like to learn more about upcoming Veggies Abroad tours, get additional travel help, you can visit veggiesabroad.com and also join our newsletter. It's really a fantastic way to stay up to date with new content and trips and just about everything under the sun. So until next time, keep spreading those green vibes. Talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.